The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. The Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform, Pascal Donoghue, is with me now. Minister, you're very, very welcome uh, to the show. I understand today you got Cabinet approval for the recently negotiated public sector pay deal. At the same time, the Irish Independent reporting today about uh, sweeteners worth €47 million in that deal. What's that about? So every single pay agreement uh, always has a small list of issues within us that we are trying to resolve uh, on behalf of public servants. These are normally then about how we can recruit or keep more public servants. That is the same with this agreement as it has been other ones. And when we laid out the figures in relation to the public sector wage agreement, we also laid out all the costs of these different issues. So it's no different from any other agreement. And overall, it's trying to deliver a wage to our public servants and wage growth that is fair to them but also fair to the taxpayer. And I believe this agreement aims and will do that. I see some people were kind of particularly aggrieved at the idea that uh, some of these kind of additional measures related to HSE managers. But am I right in thinking when they say HSE managers, it's HSE clinical nurse managers and clinical midwife managers on foot of a labour board? It is referring to people who were involved in the management and coordination of our nursing practices within our hospitals. And in turn, the people who do that work have a very, very big impact on the performance of those hospitals. So that's what it refers to. And uh, as I said, those kind of issues form part of every single wage agreement. And uh, I have been open and transparent about that since this agreement was made. The Irish Congress of Trade Unions as well, you you would have seen suggesting that on foot of this um, agreement, if it gets over the line um, with union members, um, that that there should be pay rises of 6% sought in the private sector for workers this year. What's your reaction to that? So uh, the agreement that we have for our public service workers for 2024 is we're aiming to put more money back in their pockets with a wage increase of 4.25%. That 4.25% is going to be ahead of the rate of inflation for this year. Uh, uh, But an increase of that scale is trying to help with the cost of living Uh, but overall not add to inflation within our economy and make things even harder uh, for us in the time ahead. In relation to the agreement and the process with private sector employers, it's very much a matter for individual employers and their employees regarding what their rate of pay will be Mm. for this year and next for them to work that out. But I would imagine the balance needs to be the same. It needs to be a rate of wage increase that can help with the cost of living at the same time not threaten the retention of those jobs within our economy but that's up to the unions and the employer bodies mm. to work out together. Yeah and, and you're not a party to those talks but you're, you're a stakeholder nonetheless I mean in the broader sense you, would you worry about uh, pay claims of 6% across the board in the private sector? I think for some employers uh, it could be very challenging for them to do that but that's why there is a negotiation with regard to this there will be other employers that will be better able to do it the average rate of wage growth within our economy for this year, uh, we expect will be somewhere approximately between 4 and 5% overall. Uh, but it is going to vary employer by employer. And overall, what I would want to see is a rate of wage growth that helps with the cost of living, recognises that for the last few years, inflation has been ahead of the rate of wage growth, but doesn't do anything that might threaten the viability of a job or of the competitiveness of the Irish economy. 
But as I said, Kieran, that will be worked out employer by employer with their representative body. Um, I understand at Cabinet as well, um, your colleague Stephen Donnelly, the Minister for Health, uh, had an update on, on the cost of the National Children's Hospital, now officially above €2 billion, Euro, though I don't think that would have come as a huge surprise to anybody um, around the Cabinet table or indeed anybody listening to this. Why is it up at that level now? And does it still represent good value for money? Uh, so I think we'll only be able to make the case for representing good value for money when it's open, when it's providing the additional beds uh, for very, very sick children that aren't, I know our country needs. I think it'll be very difficult for anybody to make that argument, including me, once it has been up and running for a number of years, given all the controversy around us. The reason the cost has gone on, uh, gone up by so much, I think, is well, well documented in various reports. The project has taken longer to build than we would have anticipated. Uh, the cost itself, uh, when the project was made public, um, uh, uh, did not resemble what the cost began to be for the project, as some changes were made mm. in the delivery of the project. We've tried to learn from all of those lessons for other mega projects that we are delivering, uh, but that's why the cost has gone up. And I hope when the hospital is open, looking after sick children, giving them the care they need, that at that point, uh, I'll be able to make that argument for representing good use of our country's money and I believe I will then yeah. but I appreciate all the challenges that we have now. Is it the when question? I mean that's arguably more important isn't it? I know people fixate on the uh, on the cost uh, and the cost matters I'm not suggesting it doesn't. At the same time I think it should be open a year and a half now as per uh, kind of initial contracts. It, it might be 2026 before it sees a patient. I mean the only thing worse than a 2 billion euro children's hospital is an empty 2 billion euro children's hospital. Well, that won't happen, and uh, the uh, cost of this project has gone up. But as you correctly say, what we now need to do is get it open and get it providing care for sick, the sick children of Ireland. In relation to your cost, your question there regarding when, uh, you know, this is a matter uh, that is continuing to be the subject of intense work from the board of the National Children's Hospital and the main contractor, the contractor has indicated the deadline and the timing that it would be the hospital would be ready for commissioning in October and then would be open next year then for uh, looking after sick children mm. and getting the patients in and the staff in that we want. And it is one of the reasons the government made the decision no, today that we did. Public Accounts Committee give in October. A chance of getting to that point. Public Accounts Everyone Committee in October heard point. it. It might well be 2026, despite what the contractor is still saying. And that risk is there. And uh, the risk is there that the legal disputes in relation to this could continue. The risk is there that the resources that are needed to complete the project might not be made available. But one of the reasons why the government made today a decision in relation to the further allocation of funding for the project is to give ourselves every chance that we can, that after all the controversy and difficulty, that the project uh, will be open and the National Children's Hospital will be open for care. And uh, uh, the decision today will play a role in making that happen. Uh, can, I, can I ask about something uh, another colleague of yours said uh, yesterday, Simon Harris, Minister for Further and Higher Education, uh, talking about this uh, plan to encourage more people to take up apprenticeships in the construction sector, uh, which I think everybody would welcome, and a plan to maybe encourage people overseas to come home. Um, and he talked about the need to, to, to go to the likes of Sydney or London or the big cities in North America, and convince people, construction workers there, that Ireland isn't the same place that it was in 2009 when they left. 
And this is a genuine question. Do you think any such person actually exists? Yes, I who, do. Who, people who don't know, who think the economic situation in Ireland today is the same as when the Troika were ruling. Oh, well, I, I, I think if people have been living in Ireland over many, many years, away from Ireland for many, many years, Karen, I think they may not realise the degree of change that has happened in Ireland uh, uh, since 2009 and 2010. Really? Uh, yeah, I, do you genuinely I, believe I, that? I, I, with I WhatsApp expect- and everything and trips home and Christmases home and constant Zoom calls and team calls and Skype and everything else, that they really don't realise the economic situation is different? So uh, I accept your point uh, that with modern means of communication, uh, the majority of people should be aware of the positive change that has happened in Ireland since 2009 and 2010. And by those people, I refer to people who've left Ireland and no longer living here. I think you're making a fair point that people could be aware of how much change has happened since then. I think they are. But I think the point, I th- I think the point that Simon was making, as I understand it, is to make the argument for coming home. And I, I do think there is an argument that the government should be making. You know, as well as I do, that we've lots of expertise in construction and engineering and nursing that I'd rather see in Ireland than elsewhere. And I think the government should try to play a role in making that happen. And secondly, we are going to be in a country, uh, as this year goes on, in which inflation is going to continue to fall and which we will be building more homes this year than we were last year. Well, what's the pitch then? And I think, I think that's an argument worth making. What's the, the argument pitch? that I would make yeah. is that uh, there will be uh, more homes available in Ireland next year and the year after than there have been for some time. The additional supply of homes and their availability will be different to how it has been in other years. And secondly, you're going to see the cost of living in Ireland uh, begin to change, mm. and I think come down from the peak of only a couple of years ago. It's kind of a chicken and, and egg thing, though, we, isn't it? We, we, like, in order for those homes to, to come to fruition, uh, we need those builders to come back. But even with our assumptions regarding the workers who are going to be in the Irish economy across the next two years, we're still expecting to see more homes be made available to in our country. And I think the argument that Simon and I would certainly make is the argument and the reality in relation to the supply of housing, the supply of homes in Ireland is changing. And we're seeing inflation and the cost of living uh, still be high for all the reasons we know, but it is beginning to change in terms of the pace of growth is beginning to slow down. And I think it is an argument worth making to those Irish people that are abroad that the situation in relation to prices and Mm. housing may be different to what they remember from a couple of years ago. Um, Can I ask you just uh, two quick things then before you go? Um, The television licence fee uh, is still in the news headlines. It feels it's been kind of in the news headlines since June last year, um, most days of the week. Um, Sinn Féin have a motion uh, before the Dáil today calling uh, for it to be abolished and uh, replaced with exchequer funding. I've asked you about that before and I know you're not going to tell me what your preference is or we're going to wait until a further two reports are furnished to the Minister, uh, Catherine Martin uh, before Cabinet makes a decision. Instead, I want to ask about whether there should be an amnesty for people who haven't paid it. Sinn Féin have also suggested this. So I, I, I don't believe there should be an amnesty. And I think if, I, if you've asked me the question directly before and I haven't answered it clearly enough, I'll try and do it now. Um, I support the retention of the television licence or an equivalent charge to us. Paul Kyo, your colleague, 
has announced he's not going to be running in the next election. Uh, somebody you, you had a soldier with for a long time now uh, in the Dáil since he took uh, Ivan Yates' uh, seat way back when. Um, I think uh, you'd have better figures now. I think that's kind of we're open to double figures anyway in terms of kind of experienced Fine Gael politicians stepping back two MEPs and now eight TDs um, is what we're at or certainly close to it. Um, I mean, how, how do you interpret that? Is it just kind of longevity of service? Is it the kind of toxicity of the public sphere? Is it people jumping before the electorate push them? Paul Kyo is somebody I've had the great privilege and pleasure of working with for many, many years. And I'm really going to miss him. He's a fantastic TD. But he's also been a member of Leinster House now for over 20 years. He's been a member of the Dáil for over two decades. And like I, I think in any line of work, Kieran, or in any career, I think people get to a point if they put 20 years of their life against us, they wonder, should they do something different? And I think, while not wanting to speak on behalf of Paul, I just think that's a big consideration for him. So for many of my colleagues who are leaving, it's not really about what's happening in the public sphere. It's more the fact that many of them have been at this now for some time, and for reasons of wanting to change, or even reasons of age, uh, they have uh, just decided to leave public life. We may be different to many employers in terms of the work you do if you're a TD or a senator, but we're no different to other workplaces as well, in that sometimes people either retire or they want to change. Minister, thanks a million for your time. Thanks, Kieran. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.